It's another day's journey, and I'm glad. You know that I'm so glad to be alive. My Lord, he woke me up this morning, and I'm glad. Let 
Lord and thus around the throne joy
We come this morning, Father, to lift up thy son, Jesus. For he said in his word that if he be lifted up, that he would draw all men to him. So here we are this morning, Father. We come, Father, as humble as we can. Asking you, Father, to look down upon us, Father. We come, Father, asking you to look down upon us, Father, and strengthen us with your gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Heavenly Father, you said in your word that we can't do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And we need it right now, Father. Now, Father, we come asking you to look down upon this congregation this morning, Father. For you know all about them, Father, for you are their creator. You know their needs, you know their desires, Father. And I ask now, Father, that you just move in their lives in a mighty and powerful way, Father. We come asking you to look down upon our sick and shut-in right now, Father. For you know all about them, Father. We ask now, Father, just a touch from you will bring about a healing. A word from you, Father, will bring about a healing. And we ask now, Father, that you just move in their lives, Father. We pray your blessing upon the homeless, Father. We pray your blessing, Father, upon the bereaving families all over this land. Now, Father, we come asking you to straighten our way, Father. For you know this road is crooked, Father. And we need you to straighten our path. We come, Father, asking you to hold our hand. To guide us, Father. And the way that you will have us to go. We come this morning, Father, asking you to look down upon the leadership of this church, Father. Look down upon the pastor of this church. Help him, Father, to lead your people in the way that you will have us go. My heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. I look back, Father, and I see where you have brought me from. I look back, Father, and I see all of the, the valleys and the mountains that you have brought me over. Father. I can't do nothing to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for all that you have done right now, Father. Thank you for what you're doing and what you're about to do. Father, we thank you right now. We ask, Father, that you just continue to keep us, Father. And if you keep us, Father, we will be kept. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father. It is in the blessed name of our son, Jesus, that we do pray. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
going to bring it into the motion of service this morning. We pray God brings his blessing upon each and every one of you, my father's children. We now want to return to remain in the service over in the hands of the Lord. May God continue to smile upon you.
things well. Amen? Move on our behalf right now. 
Father God, not for our sake, but for your name's sake, least they say that we serve a dead God. We know too much about it right now to be doubting you. So we ask, oh Father God, that you walk with us through this, this trial and tribulation. Yes, yes, yes. That you be with us, oh Father God. Stay close to us right now. Be a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. So Father God, if you do these things, we will be careful to give you all the honor and praise and the glory. Bless this woman right now. She stands in front of you. Bless her right now. Move on her behalf. We touch the grief that all things will work together for her good right now. In the name of Jesus. And while we're waiting on you, Father God, give us a spirit of thankfulness while we're going through it. Father God, we don't need the storm to move. We don't need the rain to stop and the lightning to stop flashing. We ask you, Father God, just to give us a spirit of thankfulness while we're going through it. Because we know when the praises go up, the blessings will come down. Have your way right now. And Father, if there's something that I forgot to say in this prayer, we ask that you allow your Holy Spirit to make intercession for us. Because you know what we need and when we need it. And we thank you for that right now. And all the love the Lord say, Amen.
Uh, modern former moderator, Reverend Dr. Carl Johnson. That's on Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. at 93rd Street Community Baptist Church. Women are asked to wear black with white massages, and men, however, will be in black as well. So we're asking if you can join us as we celebrate this honor that our moderator has accepted, and I'll be there in prayer for him and help him celebrate this new appointment. Our mission workshop is scheduled for Saturday, 20, May 27th from 10.30 to 12.30 p.m. There's a flyer out front in the box if you would like to have one. Uh, it's just to save the date, but we're looking forward to our church family being here with us on Saturday, the 27th of May. A wonderful program has been designed where we all will benefit from it in our ministries. So we're just asking everyone to come out and join us. Let us continue to pray for all of our sick, shut-in, and bereaved in prayer. Remember Sister Furlow, who's doing very well, and of course Isaiah Jordan, who is doing well as well. So let us continue to pray for all of our sick, shut-in, and bereaved. Uh, this concludes our announcements, but we'd like to leave an inspirational quote with you for the day. And it says, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. We turn it back into the hands of Pastor. God be glory for all the great things he has done and is doing in our life. Amen. Amen. Govern yourselves according to all the announcements that were read into your hearing. You got reminders in your program. She covered everything that you need to do, so I don't have to reiterate that. Amen. Amen. Just go ahead and make sure we are where we need to be. Anybody in the sanctuary visit us for the first time? I don't think so. I think my eyes are getting better. <laughs> What? I'm missing somebody who I'm missing. I ain't ready to miss you before. Courtney over there in the corner, she ain't she been here before. Okay, I'm ready. Courtney, they thought I forgot your name, didn't they? <laughs> Amen. Pastor's only today, y'all. Amen. I thank God for each and every one of, of you. Amen. Amen. And also, I'm not you were missing acknowledging those are faithful and Worshiping with us as we stream. Amen. We'll be, in the future, we'll be getting, we try to put that information out there. You can support us financially, send your tithes, and you know how you can do that. We actually will continue to do that. Now we're going to have our moments in black history. Amen. 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 God be the glory. Thank you so much. Jenkins, our deacons, uh, to our mission president, Sister Thomas, and to each one of you again, I bid you good morning. Uh, we thank God for another opportunity to bring forth what we call Soul Food Sunday, a moment in black history and social awareness. Uh, the black church has been known to not only bring the spiritual peace for our community, but also bring social awareness to our community. So today, we want to spotlight a very important 
issue in our community that is at the core of the condition of our communities and that is our right and our responsibility. And that issue is voting. This is both a historical issue, but also a social topic that must be focused on. So after the Civil War, the 15th Amendment made it against the law or unlawful for states to deny any male citizen the right to vote, regardless of race, nationality, or previously being enslaved. After the ratification of the 15th Amendment in 1870, blacks experienced ver various uh, discriminatory practices that prevented us from exercising our right to vote. During Black History Month, we always focus on, and we're very familiar with, the numerous incidents of protesters being jailed, beaten, even killed during the civil rights movements of the 1950s and the 1960s. But finally, in 1965, the Voting Rights Bill was passed that banned the act of using violence, voter intimidation, literacy tests, poll taxes, and more hurdles, more challenges, more things that was systematically instituted to create challenges for black people to vote. As we enter another voting season, we hear about campaigning and the elections are coming near. We must take time and reflect <clears throat> on the efforts of our forefathers and mothers who fought for black people to have the right to vote. Voting is a right and it is a responsibility, not just as black folk, but as Christians. It is our responsibility to engage. Issues that face the black community will be on the ballot this upcoming election as it always is. Congress is still struggling to get the John Lewis voting rights uh, bill passed, even just brought on the floor. The bill would restore and strengthen the parts of voting rights, the Voting Rights Bill Act of 1965 by requiring jurisdictions or cities and states to seek federal approval before making changes to their voting laws. The bill, as I said, has been struggling just to really get on the floor and be passed since its inception of 2019. The question we have to ask ourselves, why in 2023 is it still a problem to pass a law that encourages oversight of one of the most precious rights that we have in our country, which is the right to fairly vote and choose the officials that we want to represent us in our communities. So I say to you, it is not only our responsibility as black people to exercise our right because of our experience um, that makes up the fiber of this country, 
nor is voting only about honoring the struggle of our people. It is about that, but it's not just about that. It is, voting is our Christian responsibility because God calls and uses political leaders. He is also calling on us to participate. The Lord says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Ultimately, church, we must serve our highest authority, which is God. God has called men like Joseph, Mordecai in the, um, in the book of Esther, and Daniel to political positions to change the circumstances of his people. God has called Christians to be the salt and the light of the culture. We are to be the light of the world. We must be informed voters, engaged. Many who are able can serve, should serve. But most importantly, we must pray for our leaders. The church must pray for our leaders. In the end, God is the authority. Isaiah tells us that the government will rest on the shoulders of our Savior. For the Lord shall be king over all the earth. But we as stewards must be obedient to the call to vote. If you need to register to vote for the first time, if you need to update anything, your address, a change of your name or your information, um, if you want to vote by mail, you can visit the Broward County Office of Elections website, uh, BrowardVotes.gov. Uh, we'll have the, I'll put the, the website also in the chat for our Facebook family. Uh, we have printed applications and the vestibule. The thing is, family, just don't wait until the season is upon us. We want to get our business in order before it's time. There are deadlines to making changes to your uh, voter information or to register to vote. So we want to get out the information and encourage each one of you to register to vote. And not only register, but to exercise your rights and your responsibility to vote. To God be the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing us to Very good. Very good information. Very good information. Many people have sacrificed so much for us to be able to vote. We take it so for granted. We take it so for granted. I wasn't born in this country, and I'm just to pick that very quickly on what they do. I wasn't born in this country, born in the Bahamas. I came over here legally. My dad brought us over here, and I had a resident card. I went into the military. Because I went into the military, it gave me the right, most so than much most rare, I served the country. They had my citizenship. The first chance I had when I got here, that's why I went down there. You know what, but do you know what was more important to me than getting a certificate as a citizen? They registered me to vote. Because I couldn't vote, you know, I couldn't vote before that. I was waiting for the election because I could vote. 
It's a privilege. It's a, it's a right and a privilege. It's a right and a privilege to be able to do it. And I will miss the opportunity. I don't miss the opportunity to do it. Because I know, I know the history of what was sacrificed to give me the ability to do that. Amen? Amen. Don't take it for granted, young people, when your time comes. Amen. It's time for our offering. The Bible said, bring your tithes from the storehouse so they'll be meeting my house, said the Lord. I said, prove me not, child of God. Don't see, don't I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. Giving us a part of worship. God encourages us to give, give to him. All he asking us for a tenth of all that he has given us. Amen? <clears throat> we can't beat him giving. We can't, we don't, we need his protection. And we need to stay faithful in every area of our relationship with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to bless this offering in advance before you bring it. Let's give it with a good attitude. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. He sure does. We don't want you to give it the wrong attitude. And I see you online too. If you give it the wrong attitude, you'll help our bottom line, but it won't do you any good. <laughs> give it with a good spirit, and God will return it back to you. Let's bless this offering in advance. Well, Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity to give back to that which you've given to us. Father God, you've been so good to us in so many different areas. We just want to walk obediently before you and do what you ask us to do. You said you'll bless us. You said you'll let our cup run over. You said you would rebuke the devour for our sake. So we ask you to do that for your people, O oh Father God. They got one struggle. So if it only one thing, it's another. But Father God, make a way out of no way. Let that spirit of failure right now and poverty, I rebuke it out of their life right now. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father God, allow the spirit of prosperity and sex to breathe in the lives of your people. Enlarge their territory. Open doors for them that they need to be able to walk through. Bless them. Return them back, whatever they're going to give you. Press down, shaking over. Shaking and running over. We thank you, Father God. Give it back to him right now. Bless him right now in a mighty, mighty way. Let this offering be used for the better of building your kingdom. And given days are over down here, save this place. Anywhere in your kingdom, oh God, will be just all right with us. And all who love the Lord, say amen. 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 Church stand, come from the back.
in what is the measure of my days that I might know how frail I am. Our Father who art in heaven, we come before you in humility and with thanksgiving for the great work that you have done in us. We thank you most of all for salvation in that you allowed us to be rejoined or recognized, uh, reconciled unto thee. Oh, bless your name today as we come together as your church, recognizing that we have no power except that we have Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the supreme sacrifice that you made at Calvary. Thank you for the indwelling of your Holy Spirit that regenerates, that teaches, that adopts, that justifies. Thank you for the church at large, but thank you for New Jerusalem in particular. Oh God, as we prepare to worship you, and as we prepare uh, to hear your divine word, anoint the mouth and the tongue of our shepherd, our messenger today. Anoint our ears that we might hear, not just hear without response, but that we might hear and respond positively in accordance with your will and your purpose. Thank you for the word, the spoken word, the written word, and the living word, Jesus Christ. Move up off us in a special way, and our shepherd in particular, as we ask always, anoint him afresh. Give him a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit that he might speak the truth with power and persuasiveness and then touch Kel's hearts that we might hear and respond and grow. And if we don't know him already, that we might respond, that we might be saved. Teach us, guide us, lead us to that way of everlasting. We forever give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife, mother, lay sick of a fever. And anon and, and, and they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And we know that God's word is already blessed. I want to put a tag on this uh, Somalis presentation this morning. Jesus has all power. Let me take your seats in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> Jesus has all power. For just a moment, briefly, I want us to examine this unusual power of our Lord. While he's in the synagogue, he's preaching like one who has authority. They are amazed. They are astonished. Their mouths drop open because they've never encountered one like Jesus. They'll listen to the dry and dusty sermons of the rabbis and the priesthood. They have endured long, boring soliloquies, speeches of one rabbi quoting another rabbi. But Jesus stands up in their midst and preaches with power and authority, contextually, with character and with content, so that they are amazed at his words. But to demonstrate even further who he is and the power he possesses, Three things happened in this passage All right. from verses 23 through 34 yeah. to show us that Jesus has all the power. Yes. All right. yeah. Will you walk with me around the text? And they went into Capernaum while he was preaching there in the synagogue. And the scripture says while he was still in the synagogue that, that there came among them one possessed by a devil. A man with an unclean spirit. All right. Not many in that day believed that people were, people were uh, possessed, but they believed they were mentally unstable and not really demon-possessed. They had some mental challenge or some psychological maladjustment. But the Bible calls it demon possession. All right. And brothers and sisters, hear me now, right now today. There are still people walking around among us who are possessed of the devil. If you are not a believer, you are subject to do anything. And the devil can possess you that you do irrational things, not only to yourself, but to other people. 
The devil will can take control. He will take control of where there is no Christ. Where there is no Savior. Where there is no Lord. Satan comes in to take control. Did y'all hear me? And if you run him out without calling Christ in, he will come back, the Bible says, with seven demons stronger than the one you ran off. When you don't know Jesus Christ, you are subject to being controlled by the devil. This unclean spirit has so possessed this man that it brought him to the church. Are y'all with me? That's a word for us this morning. That even the unclean spirits in that man drove him to the church. Watch me now, Mother Thomas. He was out of his mind. But he came to the church. He was controlled by the devil. Jesus didn't run him off. Jesus didn't put him out. Jesus let him in because he knew what the man's problem was. And Jesus this morning still has power over demons. Let's look at what the scripture said. Here they are in this place. Here they are with these demons. And the demons know who Jesus is. I'm in the text. They say, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Verse 24. Art thou come to destroy us? And listen at the word, and listen at this word of praise. I know who you are. The demon said that. I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Jesus says, hold your peace. Yeah. I, don't pr- I don't need no praise from a devil. I did an etymological study, Dr. Jenkins, on that word, hold your peace. That word, hold your me, peace means Jesus said, be muzzled. Yeah. Yeah. Be muzzled. Yeah. Don't you praise me, Satan. Yeah. I don't want to get any praise from a devil. I want to get praise from someone who the devil had possessed that I redeemed. The redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. You missed that when the devil praised him, Jesus said, be muzzled. Hold your peace. Don't praise me. I don't want praise from the devil. I want praise from from someone who's been perfected from the devil. Uh You still miss it. I'm going to say it again. I don't want the devil to praise me. Hold your peace. Be muzzled. Don't say another word of praise because you are a demon. I want one who used to be possessed to praise me. I'm going to run that by you again because y'all ain't going to y'all me go. We waking up. Come on now. We got to go. Jesus is not looking for praise from the devil. Jesus is looking for someone who's been delivered to give him praise. Give him some praise. And there should be somebody under the sound of my voice who used to be possessed by the devil. I wish I had a witness. If you had a drinking demon, if you had a lying demon, if you had a demon, if you had a demon that kept you out all night long, you had a demon that wouldn't let you praise God. But since God has delivered you, he does not want praise from a devil but from one who has been delivered. People who have been delivered have no problem, Sister Andy, giving God some praise. Because you're so glad to come out from under the stronghold that bound you 
that you don't mind giving God the praise. Some of you are looking kind of stiff in here this morning. You can barely say amen. Can I help y'all? I don't need you to say amen to preach. Amen. You really now probably never had no big sins. You could look at and claim, but some of us got some big stuff. That we have been delivered from the Lord. The Lord brought us through some stuff. And if God hadn't stepped in, we would have gotten killed. Or we could have gone to the penitentiary. Or we could have lost everything we had. But God stepped in right on time. And we were delivered. You think we are going to let somebody, somebody put a muzzle on our praise? Because we making too much noise? That's why we came here this morning. Our, our Christian self. Because if I stand on my desk in the office and start praising God, I got a right to do what I want to do. You know what? I know someone called me and said, well, are you all right? I don't want to explain nothing. I can explain myself. But I want to come to church where they know why I'm shouting. They know why I know that I know that I know. It doesn't have to be on a Wednesday. It doesn't have to be in New Jerusalem if you've been delivered. If deliverance comes on a Wednesday, you ought to give God some praise. Yeah. If God brings you out on a Saturday morning, yeah. they ought to know, and someone in your street ought to know in that house that God delivered somebody yeah. in that house. Yeah. Jesus has power over demons. Yeah. Then the text says, Jesus has power, Dr. Jenkins, over minor disruptions. Yeah. Because when we got through preaching, when he got through preaching, watch me now, he went to Simon Peter's house. Uh -huh. And at Simon Peter's house, his mother-in-law had a fever. Right, right. A fever that kept her in bed. Yeah. She wasn't dying. And when Jesus got to the house and Simon Peter's mother-in-law had a fever, he just took her by the hand. And the fever left her. Yeah. Now that seems minor and inconsequential. But that says to us that there's no disruption, no detail too small for Jesus. Getting rid of that demon from that man was a big thing. Relieving Peter's mother-in-law of a fever was a little thing. But God takes care of big things and little things. Sometimes we don't want to bring our little stuff to Jesus. The devil is alive. But Jesus is concerned about your little problems. Now listen, if Jesus can run out a demon, I know he can handle a little old bitty fever. That reminds me of Elijah the Deacon Cook in the Old Testament. He, watch this now, he had challenged the prophets of Baal and the Grove prophets to come and meet him at a challenge on Mount Carmel. And God answered by fire. Elijah stood up, Lady Jenkins, to 850 prophets and one woman, one woman named Jezebel made him run for his life. Yeah. Stay with me now. If God can help you against 850, yeah. God sure can take care of one. Yeah. There's no minor thing in your life that's too small for Jesus to take care of. If he can take care of demons of a man, 
surely can relieve this woman of a fever. And the scripture says, after Jesus touched her, watch me now, and put his hands on her, she went into the kitchen and ministered unto them. That's a small thing. That's nothing. She just got up in the kitchen and got some food on the table. But that never would have happened had she not been relieved of the fever. Jesus took care of that minor, watch me now, he took care of that minor disruption so that she can be a blessing to him. Everything we go through, God is concerned about. And it's causing me from doing what God called me to do. God will fix it. Fix it, Jesus, like you said you would. If, if you stop me from reading my Bible, you will get taken care of. It sounds smart. If you stop me from praying, you will get taken care of. If I got a big issue, guess what? Jesus likes big stuff and small stuff. Ain't nothing too hard for my God. In your life. Yes. But there's nothing that concerns you that he will overlook. Mm-hmm. He takes care of the smallest detail. You don't have to take my word for that. I mean, prove Bible proved to you. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 7. It says that the very hairs on your head have been numbered. Now, God takes time to number the hairs on your head. And the next time you comb your hair and some of your hair get left in your comb, which means God got to go back and start counting all over again. And if God takes time to take care and mind you to tell us the number of hairs in your head, ain't nothing. Anything big or small that comes up in your life, God can handle it. I trust God in my car. I trust God when I drive an I-75. I trust him when I sit in my house all by myself. Y'all with me? I don't know who's thinking about breaking in on me, but he's got an angel stationed outside the door. He's got protecting angels surrounding me every time I take a step. You don't know when you leave your house that you're going to get back the same way you left. But God has protecting angels. When you got up this morning, you were feeling fine. But this day and age, you don't know what's going to happen between the time you go to bed tonight. God has already gone before you to move some stuff out of your, I like that. He said, I say, God, order my steps in your word. That means that God knows all things. He's the same God yesterday, today, forever. What I like about it is all I got to do is every step I take, I acknowledge that he's with me. Because I know he done walked out and walked my steps. And if he done walked my steps, he done Set up the perimeter for me. I ain't feeling me right here. He set up my circumstances, my situation. Yes, you may perplex me. Yes, you may surprise me what you come up with, but I'm really not concerned about it. Because God will work it out. Because see, the fight has been fixed. The fight has been fixed. All I gotta do is stand still. stuff out of my way. Right. Yeah. He done sped some cars up before I got to the intersection on 441. He's ready to take care of the small details in our life. He has power over demons, I tell you. Yes, power over disruption. But finally, because we got to go, y'all, Jesus has power over diseases. Yes, uh-huh. yes, he does. Yes, he 
I want you to get this. This is the pastor real good. Jesus healed many sick people. That's what the scripture, isn't that exactly what the text says, ladies and gentlemen? The scripture says he healed many sick people. Many sick people, meaning Jesus didn't heal all sick people. Y'all with me? Go ahead. That's got to teach us. I can't add nothing to take it away from the Bible. He didn't heal all sick people because it's not always his will to heal. Amen. And you got to be awfully mature to accept that. That Jesus does not choose always to move the affliction. Lord, help Pastor teach this. Sometimes we misinterpret Dr. James or misrepresent the passage, the scripture in Isaiah chapter 53. It says, by his stripes we are healed. And people use that to mean that he will heal you, you of every one of your sicknesses and every one of your problems and every one of your diseases. But it's not always God's will to heal. Sometimes sickness comes because of sin in your life. And then there are times when sickness comes when God just wants to get the glory over your situation. Let me see if I can help somebody right here. I, I take insulin. I would have to take it for the rest of my life. Went into the military, 1978, I was healthy and fine. Mm-hmm. Young and strong. 1984, doing my thing, achieving the success ladder, and I got ill while I'm training the truth. I'm a drill sergeant. And I start falling out there runs, ladies and like, what's up with this drill sergeant? You can't be quitting. I had no energy. They checked me out. He said, you a diabetic? You ever been a diabetic? You ever been found your diabetes? No. Your blood sugar 850. What? You about to go to coma. I said, really? I said, well, I'm going to go home for you. He said, no, you ain't going home. You're going to the hospital. You're going to take insulin for the rest of your life. I don't like this disease. I don't like going to the doctor every three months. Amen. I don't like standing in line at public, Dr. Jenkins. And when I get up there, Sister Failure, I have to tell the pharmacist my birthday. When I go to the doctor, I have to tell my birthday, give them my record number for the rest of my life. Always asking me my birthday. But guess what? God shared me through his Holy Spirit that I, I was preparing you way back then to preach and pastor. Every time you have to deal with your condition, it reminds you of your total dependence on me. Every time you don't like to take that medication, you're going to remember that without me, All right. you can't do nothing. Amen. You remember, now I called you to preach, that you ain't preaching because you can't. That you can't preach nothing without me. You have total dependence. I love the Lord. I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. But God has chosen not to remove the diabetes. I know you answer this prayer. I pray for people that have gotten better. Yeah. But like Paul, I pray three times. Why? You ain't taking away from me. Mm-hmm. 
God said, you got to learn how to lean and depend on me. There are side effects to the medication. Sometimes I get those low blood sugars. Forget where I'm at. Amen. And what's going on what I'm saying? Y'all saw me? It's been 39 years since that. This year make 39 years. I'm suffering no major effects from the disease. I got all my limbs. All my circulation fine. I wear glasses because I'm over 40. Not because of no diabetes. My heart is working fine. My kidneys is functioning fine. Every time I go to the doctor, he tells me, you're one of my healthiest patients. I say, but I got diabetes. You're one of my healthiest patients, Pastor. God told me, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. I didn't take your affliction, but I gave you power in the middle of your affliction. He may not get your daddy off his sickbed. He may not cure your mother of his disease. But if you got just a little bit of faith, yes, God will help you go through the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, you don't have to move the mountain. Just give me the strength to climb it. Somebody here dealing with some problems in your family. Somebody's taking care of an aging parent and it's hard and tears because there's a difference between visiting a sick person and caring for a sick person. And you may not have to do that. You may have to do that for a long time. But God will strengthen you. I don't know who we are for. And get under your burden with you. That you will be carrying the burden. And the more you carry it, the stronger you'll become. You'll be able to praise God with God a little louder. You'll have a little louder. Hallelujah. You'll be able to raise God, praise God and raise your hands a little higher. Because God has given you victory over the disease and the circumstance and situation. Now hear me. If he does not deliver you in this life, I'm trying to help somebody out here. I'm trying to close this tomorrow. If he does not deliver you in this life, if he chooses not to remove the affliction in this life, the Bible has a word for that too. For we know that all things, all things, work together for the good to them that are called and for the purpose of the Lord and for those who are called according to his purpose. The Bible has another word for that. For we know that if this early house of this tabernacle is dissolved, we have another building, a house not made with hands, but it is eternal. When I was growing up as a boy, Dr. Jenkins in Bahamas, we used to sing a song. There's a leak in this old building. Y'all ain't feeling me, huh? And my soul has got to move. Before this time, another year. I may be dead and gone, but I'll let you know before I go, my soul, my soul has a brand new home. I'm not worried about my affliction on this side because Jesus is coming back again, Dr. Jacob. He's coming back to receive me unto himself, Mother Thomas. That there, so I will be with him 
way. Can I preach like God gave So I got to suffer a little while. I got to cry a little while. I got to go through some stuff a little while. Yes. Thank you, 
There's power in the name of Jesus. Not just some power. But all power. And the choir sings. And you ponder in your heart. Let me tell you the gospel has been preached with power and persuasiveness. The door of the church is open. Won't you come?
fullness before succeeding grace. May it be dominion and power both now and forevermore. And let the church say, God has spoken.